Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, they have power. Okay, no problem. But they do not have media right power. You heard? Congratulations, Naz. First of all, the question everybody wants to know the answer to, why was this such an ugly fight? Yeah, true. I've got, I've got earth devastating power. Like, I'm heading for beyond this earth. Like, my power will crush old feelings, crush old world. What are you feeling right now? Uh, hold on, man. Hey, Dad, brush my hair one time. Oh, hey, Pop, come brush my hair. Welcome to another episode of Tough Talk Tuesday. As always, I'm your host, Lucas Figures. Long time me will be Jules. And we do have a special guest, Steve Cunningham. How's it going, Steve? Hey, it's going good, man. You know, going, going pretty good. Thank you for Thank coming, you on, coming the on the show. No problem, man. Anytime. Anytime. It, it's been a it's while been a since while we talked. talked. Uh, the, I've, I've seen some interviews, and, and you've kind of hinted towards around retiring. retiring. Do you have, like, a certain limit of fights that you're thinking of? Or? Yeah, I, um, you know, we're, I'm trying to get in there um, ASAP right now, you know. Uh, trying to get in there ASAP. Um, I want to finish my career out of heavyweight, do a few more fights, man, and, I, and you know, and I can retire. I've had a... Um, I've had a good career, you know. Um, I've had a darn decent career, and uh, I just wanna, you know, I just wanna get a couple more fights and just put the cherry on top and say 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 goodbye to to the ring, to me competing in the ring, and just focus on training my sons and you know my team, USS Fight Academy. Boy, I hate Boy, to hate see you go. Do you, you have any uh, ideal opposition in mind for those couple of fights there? I mean, it, you know, it it really doesn't matter. You know, um, at heavyweight, I think it's more, uh, you know, it'll be more of a, 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 a fight, you know, more more entertaining, you know, at heavyweight because, you know, those guys, they're not up there to imitate Floyd Mayweather, you know, like, like my last opponent. He did it, he did his best Floyd Mayweather impersonation and, and you know, secure, got to win, and it, you know, it was, it was really frustrating to me, you know, so I'm just like, you know, these dudes um, at Cruiserweight, they'll have me just fighting these undefeated guys who's fought nobody, and they'll, 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 you know, they'll, they'll get me, you know, because it's, ooh, it's great to have a two-time world champion on a record, so I'd rather take my chances at heavyweight again, and, you know, see what happens, you know what I mean, we'll, we'll work from there, if, if I look great, this next fight we turn into a next fight, another next fight, and then we'll see where it goes. <laughs> but <laughs> okay. you know, my idea is I don't, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be fighting, you know, past the point of being being competitive and, and being able to protect myself. You know, I'm not, I'm not crazy, but I do love boxing though. <laughs> well, uh, well uh, something that just happened recently, uh, Tyson Fury. Announced his comeback to boxing, um, and unfortunately, the first thing I thought about was him getting dropped by you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are my memorable things uh, about you, Steve? There now, with with your lim- limbo uh, retirement, there. What is one of your most memorable things? Like, what about boxing? What What is going to be one of your best memories? Oh man, the uh, the Marco Huck. Uh, stoppage. Oh my goodness. You know, me and my wife, we talk about that even to this day. It's it was it was the feeling we got in winning that fight, the way we won it, was phenomenal because you know, here it is, my, my promoter at the time, Don King, you know, a promoter shouldn't shouldn't send their world champion with his belt into the lion's den. You know, if if you have vested interest in them. You know. But here it is, my the the greatest promoter ever, <laughs> who was my promoter at the time, Don King, sends me into the Lions Den twice. You know, so 
to get my belt and then to defend it. And Marco Hub, everything was for him. But the people in America wrote me off that Cunningham's going to lose. The people in Germany, of course, wrote me off because Marco Hub was their up-and-coming star. And he just beat Vadim Tokarev, you know, the top. Vadim Tokarev was the guy to be, you know, um, he was going to be the, the best cruiserweight coming up, everybody thought. And and Marco Hub demolished him, <laughs> you know. So, I and I saw that fight and was like, oh, this kid is good. <laughs> you know, this kid's a beast. But, you know, there's a, we went in with a game plan and, you know, work his body throughout the whole fight, take his steam away from him, and we slowed him down. And then got to stop it. You know, they threw the towel in. So, seeing that, and then there were there were a lot of things being said from him uh, to us, about us, and that just made the victory even more sweeter. <laughs> um, uh, also, obviously you're making some other things outside of boxing. Um, yeah. Talk about, of course, your comic book. Can you kind of tell us a little bit more about it? Where will we be able to find it? Oh, yeah, great. Uh, so, uh, about, I guess I'll say about eight years ago, I decided to start, you know, my own, you know, turn myself into a superhero. And, you know, um, it progressed from the, the whole comic book thing progressed from just me turning myself to a superhero, drawing the guys that I'm about to fight, turned into me being, you know, a superhero with a deep backstory and, you know, giving the villains you know, a likeness, you know, a piece of some of the guys that I fought that, that's familiar, you know, so, and, and utilizing in-fight photos from my fights with these guys as action scenes in the comic book. So my art has changed. It's gotten much better. Um, gave it a name, USS Comics. Got Instagram, um, USS Comics 76. We got a page on Facebook, USS Comics. And I've, you know, we're, we're, we've got the, the website already. We're, I'm just waiting to launch it until I finish more, you know, get more finished picks from this first comic book um, that I'm putting up. So you'll be able to grab it. Um, we're going to get it turned into a comic book, and we'll also have it available digitally on, you know, on the web, on the net. So uh, the first comic book is going to be Steve USS Cunningham versus Hardcore Mansoor. You know, I took... Um, with the permission of Amir Mansoor, I, you know, I'm, he, he actually called me and was like, yo, man, some comic book pictures is dope, man. He's like, yo, man, make me into a superhero. <laughs> so I was like, bruh, that's a great idea. I said, because our fight was so, you know, it was so entertaining. Um, I'm like, dude, I'm going to do that. So for a year, I've been working on this comic book, you know, with me and him, you know, versus me and him. Uh, and, and, and I'm very, I'm very pleased with what I have, you know, and I'm finishing it up now. Um, it's, uh, there's a trailer out on YouTube, USS, um, versus Hardcore Mansoor, USS, just, just, um, search USS Comics, and, uh, it should give you a quick little trailer, but I've got stories, man, I've got, I've got, I've got villains, man, I've got, oh, man, I've got deep stories, and once, once I launched the USS Comics, the US, the Steve, Cunningham versus Hardcore Mansoor, then I'm going to do my origin story, you know, and I've got comic book characters for my boys who fight, USS Fight Academy, we're going to do like a kid story, I've got other stories, man, I've got zombie stories, because, you know, I, I draw, man, I was I was going to art school before I went and joined the Navy and started boxing, so I'm, you know, and my art has gotten much better, so USS Comics is coming. You guys will be able to get it. I'm going to put it everywhere. You'll be able to see it, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And uh, one day I'm going to be at a Comic-Con, you know, with my own table. That's the goal. <laughs> that's my love. I'm, I'm looking forward to reading them. Uh, Appreciate it. Fan myself, so. oh, that's I saw that on your Instagram, and I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to be checking that out. So. All right, Hopefully, great, great. Hey, that's uh, released pretty soon. We'll definitely tweet that out for our listeners as well. Uh, let me pass you on to another writer of ours, uh, Jules. Absolutely, Steve. Thank you so much for the for the time. We greatly appreciate it. We greatly appreciate it. Oh man, no problem, man. Anytime. I, I wanted to, uh, you know, ask you about 
you know, Andrew Tabini. I know, you know, once again, you uh, touched upon it earlier that, you know, unfortunately with that fight, um, you know, you didn't come out victorious. But in your eyes, how do you feel, you know, about Andrew Tabini in terms of, you know, his, his career in the future and where do you, where do you rank him uh, amongst cruiserweights and possibly going up to heavyweight? Hmm. Uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna keep it real, and you know, I'm 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 not a hater. I'm not a I'm a, I'm just a real dude, you know. So after our fight, you know, I post pictures, you know, of me, you know, you know, I love the action shots in fights, you know. So I posted pictures. He saw him. He felt some kind of way, and and my 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 post I put, you know, I put up there like, you can't you can't run and win fights, you know, um when you when you fighting for titles. But he got the win, and I mean, I totally feel like he shouldn't have got the win. But it is what it is. But how do I feel about him? And I told him, I said, listen, Andrew. I said, listen. I said the way you fought me. I said, all of them, all of those belts are held by European fighters. There's some rough dudes. You have to be. You have. He's gonna have to upgrade his ability and his his intentions um, in order to to take a belt from one of those guys because the way he fought me, it was a. It was a Floyd Mayweather. It was literally like a Floyd Mayweather imitation, a not a and and not a, a a pretty boy Floyd. It was a money Mayweather imitation. If you guys understand what I'm saying, because when when pretty boy Floyd, when Floyd was pretty boy, he was going after dudes, killing. You know, money Mayweather throws about eight punches around, and he wins fights like that. You know, um, because of the home court advantage and all this and that, and because of status, and. We didn't think this dude was getting rounds for that, you know, because they they didn't give Steve Cunningham rounds for just jabbing, you know, and they never did that, you know, and I got cheat I got cheated for that, so you know I don't I told him, bro, you're gonna step your game up, you know, you in order to be world champion you have to fight up to your name. He says he's the beast, and I didn't see the beast, you know, I saw. I saw a, a dude who was petrified. He was holding me so tight, you know. I, I mean, I, I just saw. I didn't see the beast. I saw a cub, you know. And I, I just told him flat out, bro. In order for you to be world champion, you're gonna have to be that beast. You're gonna have to step it up. Um, I mean, ranking him in the cruiserweights. I mean, he, he has to be top, top fifteen. I, you know, I give him top fifteen now, you know. But, but, really. And that's only because of the, the gift on of win over me, a two-time champ. But you've got you've got guys like all of those guys in that cruiserweight tournament, uh, and especially the ones who lost. You still got Ladarchik, Huck, you know. You still got Lebedev. You still got um, oh man, you. I mean, then you got the newer guys coming up. So he's got to he's got to beat somebody. He, now he has to fight names, you know. Uh, before they were saying he doesn't want to fight anybody, you know. He's really really scary about who he fights so we'll see though you know Tom will tell but he has to set his game up you know the way he fought me I and I, I also told him lastly was the only way you get a title is is unless it's on a Floyd card in Vegas where Floyd basically controls Vegas you know that's the only way you know you're going to get it because you, if you go to Europe bruh it's you have to be two times as good as you were in order to win in Europe you know, so I mean, that's all. I, that's what I told him, and I, and that was just me being honest. You know, not, you know, not just being angry. He's just being honest. It, it, no, Stephen A. I appreciate it, no, that Stephen insight, and that I, I wanted to backtrack because you made a very good point about you know the cruiserweight tournament, particularly uh, the cruiserweights over in Europe. I know, obviously, with you, you know, looking to retire and having a couple of fights left, would you want to take on those guys uh, over there, over there in Europe? Oh yeah, and I, I, I totally would. I mean, that's 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 the kitchen I cook in. You know, that's um. That's how I became who I am. You know, that's why I'm comfortable there. Really, I and mean, I'm going to tell you the truth. Ever since I've been with PBC, it's been, you know, and Al Heyman's, Al Heyman's one of the best things that I've experienced. PBC boxing, that's the best, that's the best boxing I've ever, the business side of boxing I've ever experienced in, in my 17 years of boxing. And it's basically like, hey, I was like, hey, we want to get you fighting close to home. You ain't got to go to Europe no more. So I'm like, all right, cool. But then I fight, I fight Tarver in Jersey, 
and you know I fight and it's like man I I didn't feel comfortable <laughs> you know I I don't feel comfortable fighting with a crowd behind me I'm used to the crowd not being behind me <laughs> you know I'm used to the whole stadium not being for me and it, it was a little weird like wow people cheering for me like oh snap they say my name in the in the, in the, the arena lights up oh crap you know even when I fought uh Glavosky, the Polish guy um, former WBO champ at Manly, I mean, at um, Barclay Center, you know, hey, Steve Cunningham, oh, and I'm like, wow, you know, it's it's different because I, I grew, I came up fighting in Europe, beating those European champions at home, at their home, so, you know, it, it, it was, it's a little, um, it's a little different. <laughs> No, Steve, I can imagine. But, you know, once again, you, you have a, a great story fighting for your family um, and, and things of that nature. Do you feel that Do you feel that that's something that you deserve? I mean, because I feel that it's something that you deserve. I, I followed your backstory and really understand that you represent fighting for your family. You know what I mean? Like a lot of boxers do, but you truly um, embody that. Do you kind of feel like Al Heyman is saying, you know what, and the PBC is saying, you know what, Steve deserves this. You know, let's give this brother his fair due because he's literally come up the hard way. Mm. I, I do, I do believe so. I mean, and I, I talked with Al, you know, when we when I first got with him, we had a good combo. You know, we had a real good combo, and he he told me he said, "Hey, Steve, listen, I've I've always been." He said, "I've been a fan of yours." <laughs> you know, he said, "I've seen you fight. I've seen you get robbed." He said, "I've been a fan." You know, and I was like, wow, you know, that blew me, that blew my freaking mind. Like, because I'm, at that time, you know, that was right after the um, the Glasgow robbery on HBO. And, which was devastating. I mean, really, that literally popped the balloon on our plan. We didn't know what we were going to do after that fight. You know, we were, we were in, in stuck in shock. Like, wow, they just, they literally took that from us. I mean... That was my million-dollar fight, you know? That was the million-dollar fight. Me, if, you know, if I would have got my just due with that Glasgow fight, I would have fought Vladimir or or either Charles Martin, which would which was the easier, um, I believe, a, a more better percentage chance of me winning, you know, because uh, Fury beat Vladimir and all of that happened. Uh, I mean, that was my million-dollar fight or my heavyweight title, either or, or both, you know, so... After that Glasgow fight, we, we, we just put our, we, we, hey, our lawyer, John Horner, was like, hey, see what Al Heyman's doing. He's doing that new thing with PBC. And I'm watching the PBC thing salivating like, wow, man, them dudes must love it. You know, them fighters, oh, man, you know, I, you know, think, you know, uh, being hyped for the guys who were there, but not knowing I was about to be part of it, you know. So speaking with Al and him saying he was already a fan, it was crazy, you know, so. I, I, I do feel to an extent, because I was that type of guy, you know. He's that type of man where it's like, hey, you've been getting you've been getting a raw deal all your career. Here, here, here we go. We're going to get you this big fight, give you this opportunity to step it up, give you this opportunity, give you that opportunity. I mean, that, and really, and it's not just because he likes it's because I'm a two-time, former two-time world champ, former USBA heavyweight champ, you know, still got the good, so... Hey, I'll take it. <laughs> Steve, it's funny. You, you touched upon a really good subject about Al Heyman. Um, I personally am a massive Al Heyman fan. Uh, I love what he's done in terms of bringing boxing back to, uh, you know, network television. But there's also been, you know, criticism of Al Heyman um, in terms of how he kind of runs and controls boxing. And a lot of people from the grapevine have said that he's kind of difficult to deal with in terms of negotiations. Do you think that do you think that the criticism is unfair? I mean, people are going to criticize everything, you know. If, you know, there's a kid being born in India right now, and some people, they mad at that. <laughs> you know what I mean? There are people that are breathing right now, and there are people that are going to criticize that. You know, so, you know, when 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 you when you take a guy, and, and, and I don't want to, you know, get on the race thing too much, but when you take a, you know, you have a black man, a successful black man that comes into this business, and he does it the way he did, there's going to be a lot of heat and criticism behind that. Now, um, to answer the question, I'm going to pose another. I'm going to pose a question to you: Are the fighters mad? That's that's the question. 
because that's that's a damn good question. That's who, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's who that's who really matters here. Without the fighter, there's no show. There is no Al Heyman, the, the boxing agent. Because who is he going to be the agent to? There is no promoter. Who are they going to promote? There is no referee. There are no judges. There is nothing. There's no venue, no sight fee. There's nothing without the fighter. So is the fighter happy with what, the way Al's doing it? If the fighter's happy, then everybody else can just shut the hell up. <laughs> Period. You know, that, now that, that, that's, that's just business business. But he's in the boxing business. If if the if if our, if PBC is taking care of the the boxer, who, who else got to be mad at that? Except people who weren't taking care of the boxers. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So that's the question. No, Steve, I got you. I got you. Well, listen, I, I don't want to take too much of your time. I truly appreciate it. Look, I know you have a few questions yourself. So I'll bring it back to you. I'll bring it back to you. All right. Uh, Wanted to touch on a couple, on a couple of things. things. You, you, you always, always seem to really be honest, honest with us. Um, I did uh, want to ask a question, question about, about the whole the Canelo, Canelo thing. thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Were you were surprised, surprised when he tested positive? No. And 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 without me saying any names, there are a lot of elite fighters, past and present, that are on the stuff. I mean, that's just what it is. In boxing, we know boxing is a very small community. Fighters go to camp. Fighters talk. Fighters come to this camp, they talk. Fighters see things. Fighters know things. And then, I mean, it, it, it's gotten to the point, I've known about this steroid, you know, performance enhancement abuse way before I, or way before I became a world champion, you know, back in 2004, 2005, you know, from other world champions that I worked with that was giving me all the names. And it's like, yo, look at this. And I'm like, wow, you serious? Wow, you freaking serious? I love that dude, <laughs> you know? And it's like, I, I wanted to be that guy, but now I see why I couldn't fight like him because this motherfucker's on the stuff, you know? So um, I'm, when Canelo pop, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. If any of the top guys pop, I'm not surprised because there is, when there's a lot of money to be made, and, and with that, you know, and I'm surprised. What I'm surprised about is that fight didn't go through. I'm surprised that it got out <laughs> because that was a lot of money on the table to be made, you know, between that Triple G and Canelo too. So I'm very surprised that money train got stopped, but I'm not surprised that Canelo, you know, he popped on the test. I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, and the excuses, it's the, the Mexican meat. You know how much meat this dude's got to eat? <laughs> for that to for that to pop up, and and then you look at it what it was. What is it? Clenbuterol. When you Google it, it literally says, you know, used in meat. Yeah, but then it says athletes use it for muscle growth. Muscle growth. So I, you know, I'm very vocal about the ped use in boxing because, you know, my situation with Antonio Tarver, you know, he was using, and I totally feel like he robbed the fans of a good beatdown. <laughs> You know, uh, I was going to, I mean, I hit him with some stuff, and I'm like, all right, I was, I was hurting dudes in, in, in the gym with that. You know, but this, this old 45-year-old dude, he stands up to it, and, and he's got a, a history of using. Oh, so we figured he was, you know, but, and I'm, and, and I'm thankful he got caught. But when you, when you look at a guy like Canelo and you see those pictures of him in the offseason, you see how big and buff he was. It's like, come on, bro. Come on, this dude is juicy. He is using, so he can have all. He's going to have all the excuses. And the thing is, when you have a fighter on his level, and I went through this with Tarver, when you have a fighter with that much star power, whatever he says, no matter what, no matter how ridiculous it sounds, his fan base will be his fan base. They will back him. You know, um, I went through that with Tarver. Tarver goes and says he makes up this big Illuminati. The Illuminati's trying to get him. <laughs> Lou DeBella, my promoter, who isn't my promoter. I don't have a promoter. Lou DeBella set him up. And, and it's like, but Tarver, but you failed a year and a half ago. You just came off a suspension for failing the test for, for Pet. You know, and but me and him were going back and forth on social media. His fans were just, they were going in for him. And I'm like, y'all don't see this? You know, it's like, wow. So 
when you have a guy like Canelo, it really, you know, he'll he'll pay the suspension, he'll pay the fine, he'll do his little suspension, and he'll be right back. And and, and they'll possibly cycle right on off to something else that, that they're not testing for. That's what's been going on, you know, and that's what's been going on since day one, and it will go on. Last thing on this bad thing that I have to say is after I – after Tarver failed our te- failed the test on our fight, and I was very vocal during the training camp about suing him, you know, because I look at it like this. We're already superhuman, you know, being elite athletes, you know. We're already stronger than the average human being. We're already able to kill somebody in the ring without, you know, doing anything to enhance it. But when you go ahead and enhance yourself, then that's, that's assault. You know what I mean? That's that's um, you know, um, that's attempted murder possibly. You know because now you're extra strong, you're stronger than normal, and there should be. So I figured I'd be able to sue him. You know, and I was saying that to kind of thwart, you know, to stop his plans if he was going to use. And he still used, and I tried to sue. And the lawyers told me like, hey, listen, did you did you did you take any damage outside of what a boxer normally takes so I was like well damn what's that because I mean I've had a broken bone from a fight you know um swollen lips headaches and he was like nah I mean something out of the ordinary and I'm like well what do you mean he's like basically coma or dead you know so I was like wow so when I heard that and that was from two different lawyers when I heard that I was like that there's nothing going to be done about the ped use in boxing and really, when I asked, the dude was like, if you sue Tarver, the lawyer was like, if you sue Tarver and if you win, that will change the paradigm for all sports, <laughs> you know, across the board. So I was like, wow. And I, don't, I didn't have the money to go up against that, you know. So, and then with the, with, but, but with all the things that's like out of the ordinary injuries, and I mean, fighters get all kind of injuries, but he's, it's basically like coma or dead. So un- until a fighter dies in the ring or gets put into a coma, or we saw what happened to Magmu um, Abdusalamov, you know, if, if that happens to a fighter and that fighter who did it pops on the test, then something's going to get done about Eds and boxing seriously. Right now they're just they're just playing, you know, these these fines these these disciplinary actions, that's a joke, you know, hey. We'll suspend you. We'll find you seventy. What's seventy-five thousand dollars to a Canelo, to an Antonio Tarver? You know, what is that in, in a six-month suspension? What is that's nothing to these guys who making six hundred thousand a fight? Slap on the wrist. Let's slap on the wrist. So, and then we heard recently that Tarver's trying to get the uh, the penalty taken down, the the amount because obviously he didn't have the money because he's got all these child support issues and stuff. But he's trying to get that taken down so he can fight again. And it's like, well, if the commission does that, well, we're we're gonna um we're putting in you know our word now to stop it. But it's like to Canelo, this dude made millions his last fight. I mean, tens of millions. A, a hundred thousand dollar fine ain't nothing to him. So he'll be back six months at the end of the year. He'll be fighting before the end of the year. He'll 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 crush somebody and and you know and prayerfully prayerfully. These guys on these on these pads, they don't kill somebody, you know. But that may be the only thing that makes the boxing world do something about it. Do you think the boxing world can get clean? Or is there always going to be that question if somebody's using it? It can. It can. But it's going to cost money. I think the federalization of boxing will help. I mean, nothing's perfect. This is a world of imperfection. <laughs> Nothing's perfect, but we can do better. You know what I'm saying? We can do way better than what we're doing. Way better. Um, we can. I tell you one thing: we can do. If you're an active fighter, which it costs money, but but I mean, there's some there's millions floating around dealing with boxing or or being made. So if you're an active fighter and you're on that elite level, or or going to that elite level, you should be tested year round. Because one of the things that I know, per- and I know I fought numerous dudes on the juice, and I ain't going to say any names, but I know I fought, for a fact, I fought numerous dudes on the juice. They can be beat, but still, 
Um, but I, what I know, what we know is these dudes go to these other countries, and then they they juice up on the on the pad on whatever they're using, and then they cycle off. But now they still have that strength. They still have the 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 you know the goods from that stuff, and then they come to America. You know, um, that's what they do, and or they'll cycle off to a different to a different strain, a different thing because the test is only testing for this and that. So if we got a test, if we got that, that VADA testing for year round for every fighter, that could, that could, that could slow it down a bit, you know, because these dudes, when they're in the off season, they're juicing up, they're loading up, they're packing it on. And then when it's fight time, they start cycling down. Cause this is a business, man. Dudes, listen, there are people out here killing their family members. For a hundred thousand dollar life insurance, you don't think some stranger's going to freaking try to cheat and make himself extra enhanced off of something illegal to make millions? He don't know me. You know what I'm saying? He don't know you. Knock your my freaking teeth to the back of your throat <laughs> to get a million bucks. You know, so that's one thing that can be done. You know, um, it, everything's going to cost. It's going to cost. But what's more important? Some fighter getting killed in there or getting permanently damaged? I mean, and then and I'll use this for an example. Look what happened to Joey Gamache just because a uh, uh, Gotti was 20 pounds heavier, you know, just because he was a little heavier. Look at what happened to the man, you know. So imagine if that happened to a dude. Imagine if Gotti was on the pads when that happened. I mean, my goodness. We'd probably got something then, done then, you know. And that's when it's only going to, you know, that's when something's only going to happen, dude. That's it. That's all I... That that's it. I mean it's a it's a it's an epidemic, man, in boxing. I know stories, man, that it's just ridiculous, you know. And I can't say, hey, so and so is on. I know he's juicing because this he said this, and I know that. Look at his body shape. Look at this. I get sued without real hardcore evidence. And and the reason I'm I'm also extra on this pet thing is because I have a 15 year old son, and our plan is that he he wants to turn pro, and he's doing pretty good. I have a seven year old who's boxing. You know, um, I have a nephew who boxes, a cousin who boxes. And we're all, we, I'm, listen, I'm trying to bring a team to the professionals. And, but when we got these dudes on this juice, it's like, man, I don't want my kids going up against, you know what I mean? Listen, let's just make it an equal level playing field. But, but again, people will cheat and steal for this money. Yeah, I, yeah mean, I, mean, I, was, I was happy I was when, happy when I, heard I heard about the WBC, WBC uh, doing the doing clean boxing, boxing program, program, which they are doing a 24-7 body testing, but the thing is, it's only for the top 15 ranks in the I mean, division. Well, that, I mean, and that that's cool. That's great because... It's a step you know, forward. Yeah, it's a step forward. And, I mean, really, if you got a guy who's number 20, you know, and he's going to fight a top 15 guy to get that number 10, top 10 spot... Then now, then he starts getting tested. If he was using, then now you know he's got to watch himself, you know. And but and then another thing is tougher penalties, stiffer penalties. You know, Tarver Tarver got twenty five thousand or whatever fifty thousand his first time, or twenty five thousand in in uh, a six month suspension and Showtime fired him. But then when he popped on me, you know the dude got like a six month suspension, fifty thousand dollar or whatever um, penalty. Uh, Spike didn't fire him. You know, they kept them on, and I'm like, wow, this that's disrespectful to me, you know? It's, it's, you know, but it, this is a business of, of listen, the dude, is a, he, he was a star. You know, Tarver is a star in boxing, period, because of the Rocky movie and him stopping Roy Jones. <laughs> He's a star, so that carries a lot of weight, you know, period. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm no, with you, though. I think, I think you should treat him like Louis Rest, though. So, I mean, honestly, it's, it's, it's not a whole not lot, a whole lot different. different. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean it's, it's just cheating, cheating, but you're but still going to be able to severely hurt somebody. As, uh, yes, severely. I mean, severe. Uh, it's, 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 um, it's a problem. I mean, look at, okay, I'll, I'll give you an example. Now, look at Steve Cunningham. I'm talking about myself in the third person. <laughs> look at Look at Steve Cunningham as a I'm two-time cruiserweight world champion, went up to heavyweight. I did my darndest to pack on weight. I did my darndest. I'm six foot three. I can hold 215 if I could get there. But in training camp, I sweat so much. We work, 
you know, I'm, and I'm eating. I'm taking weight gainer. I'm taking protein. I mean, two, 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 um, two uh, big jars a day. I'm drinking milk. Um, you know, and I really never drunk milk as a cruiserweight. I'm drinking milk. I'm, I'm adding all of this fat, this protein to my diet. And I weigh in. I weigh in. I go to the gym. I weigh in at 208, and I leave the gym at 202. You know, this is every day. So then that's why I come to the weigh-ins. And then, you know, you got your nerves and you don't eat as much. I'm, 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 I fight Tomas Adamick at 203. I fight Antonio Tarver at 204, 205. I, shoot, I fought Tyson Fury at two. I, the official weigh-in was 210, and that's because I drunk a gallon of milk on the way to the scale. <laughs> I literally drunk a gallon of milk. So I was literally like 206. You know, and I fought a mere man sewer, 205. You know, so my thing is, me personally, weight doesn't mean you got an advantage over me, period. That's just my mindset. We're mono a mono, I'm going to figure out a way to get you, you know. But you look at that, so over the years, you see, I never really hit 210 as a fighter. My highest was 207 or 208. And I couldn't get that again. Now, you look at some of these other cruiserweights, I ain't saying no names, but look at some of these other cruiserweights who walk around at 230. You know, these dudes, these dudes are fighting at 220, muscle-bound, knocking people out, <laughs> knocking heavyweights, silly. You know, and I mean, my, from what I tell people when they ask me about pad use, I tell them to look at these fighters who have this awesome power look at them you know what i mean look at them because i mean hey some dudes do have natural natural power but you got these guys out here with this amazing power man it's like eh. then when then when you look at a guy like you know steve cunningham who tries to put on weight and i can't even hold it i'm still fighting heavyweights at cruiserweight basically but you got these other guys who are 220 222 solid this dude just came up from cruiserweight. What's going on? How you do that, bro? What you using? I mean, I I went to Mackie Shieldstone. You know, you know. I, I we tried. We went to this guy. Went to that guy. Got the supplements. I was I was sponsored by MHP. And they they sent the guy to show me how to use the stuff. Ooh. You know. So, I I know for a fact there are a lot of elite dudes who use, and. Really, it comes down to the point of y'all might as well just make certain joints legal, make certain peds legal. Just go ahead, because dudes is using. Let everybody have the chance to use them then. Then we got an equal level playing field. <laughs> right. You know? Let everybody use. Even though I still wouldn't use because I'm one of them guys. If 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 what I'm doing, if my hard work, my heart, and, and my ability isn't winning for me, at the end of the day, yeah, hey, hey let's say, yeah, Steve Cunningham's, you know, um, unified champ. Yeah, but but when I sit down, I won't. I need to feel good in myself. That's me. I'm one of them guys. I won't do it. You know, I had a guy offer me, um, an old track trainer. He's like, yeah, you going heavyweight? I used to see this guy on the track every day in Philly at St. Joe's track. So I'm like, yeah, man, we going heavyweight. You know, this year. You know, he's like, listen, get with me. I got this stuff called Russian Bear, and I'm like, whoa, what is that? You know, I look. We looked it up. It's a steroid. I was like, I'm cool. I can't. I don't want to mess with that stuff. I, I, you know, I'm just. That's just not me. That's not the person I am. So, it is what it is. Uh, well, hopefully they at least, like you said, up the penalty. Um, I would be perfectly okay with, you know, suspension. Next morning after that, you can be possibly banned. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. If you fail once, that second time you should be done. Give him, give him that one chance. Okay, all right, boom. But like, like Antonio Tarver, after he, after he failed the test with me, he should have been immediately banned from boxing. And really, you got guys like him who are habitual repeat offenders. Now, we got to check all of his wins, all of his big wins. You know, we gotta, all of those are in question now. He stopped Roy Jones. Hey, he must have been on the pad then. He he probably was because if you're going to use the Peds against Steve Cunningham, and and you're going to use the Peds against um what's the African guy he fought, um for the IBO title, 
he's defending the title. Damn, I forgot the kid named Freddie Roach used to train him. I know who you're talking about. That kid. But he failed on him. And and then the crazy thing is this Antonio Tarver's failing these tests. He's failing. He's using pads and on fights. They're, they're calling draws. <laughs> Both fights. <laughs> Both times he failed, it was a draw. You know, which which my fight with him, it is what it is. It shouldn't have been, but whatever. But they were draws. It's like, dude, you suck. I mean, you you you're you're you're, you're cheating just to be even, just to get a draw. That's what so, they, like, they, they don't they don't put the pads in question. Like with Margarito, when he got caught. Oh rap. man. Then they oh, man. Every fight before that, that including Dude. the first Cotto fight, that he was using the rap. But they even, don't they, do the same with Cyril. Even Trinidad. I mean, even Trinidad. Yeah. You know, he had the same rap issue. My trainer, Nazim Cordy, with, with a similar rap situation. You know, um, I spoke with uh, William Joppy about a year after he fought Trinidad. Remember that tournament? And Joppy was like, yo, Steve, man, that's the hardest I've ever been hit in my life. <laughs> He was like, man, but then now, but then, you know, Brother Nazim finds a rap issue. And it's like, these dudes, so every 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 knockout, and he had a serious, his left hook was the monster one. So it's like, man, every every big win these dudes have who fail these tests, who are cheating with these raps, every win you have is questionable now to me. I mean, I can't call you a great now, you know? I can't give Tarver credit for knocking out Roy, you know? I can't because it's like, dude, you must have been on the juice. You had to have been on the juice. That was a huge fight. Yeah, I got to. Had to. You know, so I mean, then you look at Canelo. I mean, dude, he he was a good he's a good boxer, good ability, but he's the one thing that held him over was he he was strong too with that ability. And it's like, bruh, you went over Cotto, you went over this guy, you went over that guy. All are questionable now. They all are. That's just me. That's you know. Straight up. All right. All right. Well, let's see. This weekend, of course, you do have some uh, PBC there on Showtime. Adrian Bryant versus uh, Jesse Vargas. You gonna be tuning yeah. into that? Oh yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, I I'm one of them dudes who who still has hope in Adrian Broner. You know, outside of his um, antics and the buffoonery, I call it. <laughs> uh, you know the personality. That's his thing. You know all all the best to him with it, but I, I don't get down with that. Once he stops fighting, I kind of turn the channel off. You know I don't want to hear his brother talk all that crazy nonsense. That's that's you know that's the showtime part for him. But his ability is great. You know he's got the ability to be an elite an elite dude. You know he's got that ability. I'm one of them guys that's hoping one of these fights bring it out of him. And we, you know, we see the best Adrian Broner that we could against a top guy. You know what I'm saying? I had him beating Mikey Garcia before the fight because I just thought his ability was going to show up, and he kind of bowed down to Mikey. You know, and it's like, wow, bro. So we'll see what happens, man. Somebody, a lot of these fights, I don't, I just stay neutral. You know, hey, it's going to be, it's going to be entertaining. I'm gonna be watching. I'm not picking nobody. <laughs> Yeah, and then at one point, point, yeah, it's called Bronner is a pound for pound contender, just one of the immediate top, top ten. ten. Um, um, I didn't expect I didn't him expect to stop or slow down. down. It seems like after like the Madonna fight, he kind of struggled. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes when the, when the kink gets shown in the armor, it's 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 the wolves see it and they're like, oh, we can get him. I think we can get him. But then you have the fighter himself. Thought he was invincible. Man, somebody got me. You know, so. That wears weighs on them, and then you second guessing yourself, and you're pulling, you're holding punches when you should be punching, stuff like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. All right, one All last, last question. question. Yeah. If you had the name of top pound for pound in boxing right now, who would you say it is? Oh man, oh Dak. If I had to right now, well Ward is retired, so. Yeah, that wouldn't yeah. count. Yeah, that wouldn't count. I mean, wow. Oh, oh man, I'd say Terrence Crawford, man. That'd be that'd be Crawford, totally. Just because of the opposition he's fought and beat, and he's undefeated, you know, um, it's Crawford. Uh, Lomachenko, I mean, I can't give it. Uh, Lomachenko is up there, but I mean, he just needs to beat more champions to me. You know, I mean, you know, have more fights. That's all. Not that he won't be. He can be one day, but Crawford has a uh, you know, it's 
you know, champion after champion, nice defense after defense, stoppage after stoppage, and you know, it's, I have to give it to Crawford. All right. Well, thank you so thank much so for much keeping it on the show. Um, we definitely look forward to reading that comic and uh, look forward to your last couple fights. All right, indeed, indeed. I will be letting you guys know everything that's going on. I'm trying to launch this comic book by summer's end, by midsummer. I'm really working every day. We just opened a gym out here in in Pittsburgh, and I've been working doing that, building that. And but the comic book is still, you know, it's, it's not on the back burner at all. I'm working. I'm working. All right, everybody, it's coming. Yes, sir. All right, Steve, thank you for coming on in. We'll talk to you. All right, man. Thanks. Peace. All right, guys. <clears throat> Definitely like where he stands with um, as far as the pen usage and uh, what we need to do to stop it. Uh, I think the WCB, well, the, the WBC clean boxing program uh, for that is a step forward, but I'd like to see more fighters tested other than just the top 15. Um, but that did use up quite a bit of our time here. Uh, we have a scheduled hour, so guys, we're going to Dip right back into the thick of things. Um, Of course, we're going to start our predictions and say how we believe fights are going to go. What fight do you guys want to talk about first? Let's talk about uh, Javante Davis versus Jesus Filiar. That is for the vacant WBA junior lightweight title. Um, Me, personally, I don't I, I think it's a setup fight for Davis. Davis going to win, going to fight Lomachenko. Definitely should be the heavy favorite. Uh, but how do you guys see it going, uh, Rob? Since we haven't heard from you today, I expect you to speak on it. Oh, of course. Tank is my boy. You you know that. But um, uh, due to time constraints, I'm gonna keep it short and simple. Knockout, Tank. Knockout victory. Um, you're right. I think Cellular is uh. Taylor made for him. I think he's going to try to make it entertaining, but we know Tank applies a lot of pressure, and he's got good knockout ability. I think Tank's going to knock him out. I I can't predict yet which round, but I predict it to be a, a flawless knockout victory. And Jules, you're going to second that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I have to agree with both both you guys. I think, uh, Lucas, as you said, uh, this fight is definitely a setup fight, um, you know, for him to fight Lomachenko. Uh, You know, I think, uh, you know, once again, what you said, Rob, about a KO victory, um, you know, Tank has been on a roll. I don't think – I think only one fight or maybe two fights have gone to decision. And, uh, you know, I definitely think that, you know, Quella is – is going to be, uh, you know, possibly the next victim. I think, uh, as you said, he's going to make it entertaining, um, you know, because he likes to come forward. But, you know, once again, that that's tailor-made to someone like Davis who, you know, likes guys to come forward. And, you know, a guy like Quella who is – that's pretty much his, his M.O. Um, you know, he did it with uh, Abner Maris, even though he, you know, lost a split decision to Abner Maris. It was a very, uh, you know, a, a forward fight. And I think with Javante, I think that power – it's just going to be too much for Quella. So I'm going with Javante. Um, yeah, I, I got to go with KO, TKO. Can't call the round, but I got, I got Javante in that one. All right. Uh, now, we're not going to go over Jamal Charlo versus Hugo Santino. I think we're all in agreement that Charlo's probably going to win that one. Um, I think it will be a good fight, but unless I hear anybody pop in right now and say they believe Santino will win. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm on the Charlo bandwagon, so I'm not even gonna. <laughs> I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna act like I'm not. Yeah, both the Charlos. I mean, they, obviously, they're uh, kind of at the top of their game right now. I, I don't expect either one of them to lose uh, anytime soon. Um, but let's let's go ahead and go over Bronner versus Vargas. A lot of people going in and said, uh, you know, Bronner's camp has been much better. But as soon as they say that, we see this other crap about. Uh, him messing around with uh, and beefing with rappers. He's obviously still way off track and not where he needs to be mentally. 
physically, he's always been Adrian Bronner, always powerful, always fast. But um, I got him losing just based off his mental state. Um, I expect Vargas to wear him down and not stop him, but it, it is going to come close to that. By the 12th round, Bronner's not going to have much left. Um, Vargas likes to move a lot. Now, <laughs> Bronner hates moving targets. I'm sorry, this kid's footwork is is not good whatsoever. Bronner's always had problems with moving targets. Jesse Vargas can move and he can punch. He's not slow. It's going to be basically target practice for Vargas. Yeah, Bronner's going to land his own shots, but nothing that Vargas can't handle. And I'm sorry for the very shortness, but unanimous decision victory for Vargas. We're on a time constraint, so I'll try to make it a little faster right now. <laughs> Uh, Rob, how do you see your boy? You know, um, I agree with you. Uh, I think that Vargas' footwork is nice. Um, I think he's an underrated fighter. I think he was underrated going into the Manny Pacquiao fight, and he did a lot better than people thought he would. So I think he is a, a, a solid boxer, to be honest. Um, as far as Kim goes with Broner, it's nothing new. He always has the distractions. They always say he's in the best shape of his life and comes out and doesn't put forth a good performance. Um, all, well, all those things being said, I still think Broner's good enough to be Vargas. I think he'll edge out a decision, and I think the fight will go back and forth, much like it did uh, with him against... Um, I think it'll go much like with him against the Chicago fighter. Lucas, help me out. I can't believe I can't remember him. Granados, yeah. I think the fight will go exactly like it did with Granados. It will go back and forth, and um, Broner will do enough to attract the judges, attract the attention, and he'll get a, a a split or a unanimous decision. So you so you expecting a close controversial decision? Basically, yeah, I'm I'm expecting it, but this time around, I think he knows he's got to do a little bit more. He's in. Um, Granados is a great fighter. To me, Jesse Vargas is a little bit better though. So uh, Broden is going to have to step it up than he has been um, in any of his uh, last recent fights of memory, he needs to start letting his hands go if he's going to come back to be the Adrian Broner we all expect him to be. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be a close, controversial decision to some. I honestly think he's going to do enough to win, though. All right, Jules, you're the tiebreaker. Yeah, um, I know what's up to me. And, uh, you know, it, it hurts me to say this because I was on the Broner bandwagon for a while. Um, you guys have heard me say it. I think Broner is one of the most talented fighters I've seen, naturally gifted. I think he's very, very naturally gifted with his speed and, and things of that nature. And, and he's tough. Um, but I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I gave up on Broner after the Mikey Garcia fight. I felt that was his must-win fight. And in my opinion... He just looked like he didn't want to be there. And in my opinion, would Broner question his, uh, his, his dedication to his craft? Like, I hate to say it, but I really, really question it. You know, Marcus Maidana, I picked him to beat Maidana. I'm, I'm sorry, I picked Maidana to beat him. Forgive me. I, I said Maidana's going to beat him. But I also said that that was going to be the best thing that happened to him. I thought he was going to be more focused. And, you know, he proved me wrong plenty of times after that. <laughs> and in my opinion, I know what you're saying, Rob, about Vargas being just a little bit better than Granada's, but you also have to realize that Va- uh, Vargas is a harder hitter than Granada's, and he proved that with Timothy Bradley. Bradley, who was a much better fighter than Adrian Broner, um, was outboxing the hell out of I was outboxing the hell out of uh, Vargas for, what, 11 rounds? Going to that 12th, he got rocked. (laughs) And, you know, that's because uh, Bradley was standing toe-to-toe. Broner stands toe-to-toe. I I have a feeling that Vargas is is going to 
you know, have an easy time hitting Broner. And Broner's going to show his toughness. I don't think he gets knocked out. I think he gets rocked a couple times, and I think Vargas beats him uh, via decision. Yeah, I mean, you're you're also forgetting what Vargas did to Saddam Ali, who just beat Miguel Cotto. That's very right. That is very right, Luke. Yeah, I forgot about that fight. I didn't. I mean, he was count that. He went Ali's ass. (laughs) I don't count that because Miguel Cotto's a legend. He's a saint. He never (laughs) lost that fight. (laughs) Anyway, um, I agree with what you're saying, Jules. My thing is, is Broner's problem is laziness, okay? He doesn't let his hands go and get right. caught with those punches. It's right. not that he wants to go toe-to-toe. It's, yeah, that's his style, but if he's going to do it, his off, your offense sometimes has to be your defense. And that's what was happening earlier with Broner coming up, was that he had great hand speed. He had great offensive uh, power and accuracy. And Absolutely. That's what got him to the level he's in. And then now he's gotten lazy where he's not throwing any punches with the Mikey Garcia fight. Yeah, he should have lost that fight. No way he should have lost it that bad. You've got to show heart. You've got to show determination. And you got to let your punches go. You can't just stand there and be a punching bag this whole time. Same thing with Porter. He didn't let his hands go. He hasn't been, you know, doing that. So if he wants to look at what he needs to change to, to turn it around, he just needs to let his hands go and stop being late. You know what? Listen, I've been saying that for a very long time, but this is also a thing that we all have to admit. We And I know this was an old fight, but we all have to admit this. Gavin Reese had no business getting on the inside of Brona and touching him up. <laughs> I watched that fight. And that's when I was really on the uh, Broner bandwagon to the point where I was like, oh, man, this guy may be as good as Floyd. I had the audacity to say that <laughs> at one time. Mm-hmm. And when Gavin Reese was going on the inside touching him up, and I said, wait, that's a problem. <laughs> I said, that is a problem. And my problem with Broner is he's never learned from that fight. That's what I'm trying to say. He's never learned from that fight. You know, mm-hmm. and a guy like Gavin Reese shouldn't be able to get inside. Maidana, of course, that's his game. That's his game. He should be able to do that. Um, Porter, we know Porter roughs him up. And even so, I was furious at Broner because, as you said, uh, Rob, about letting his hands go, what happened in the 12th round when uh, Broner let his hands go? He dropped Porter, (laughs) okay? But at the same time, he couldn't finish him, okay, because what did Porter do? Got wrapped back on the inside, okay, and Broner did absolutely nothing. Same thing with Garcia. Garcia was just giving him a boxing clinic, to be to be uh, frank, outside and inside. And with Vargas, I'm not saying Vargas is as technically good as Mikey Garcia. He's not. But Vargas has very good movement and also knows how to fight inside and out. And as you said, Lucas, that was the same thing with Saddam Ali. Saddam Ali was getting beat on the inside, on the outside, on the side. Like, I mean, he was really getting beat all over that ring. And in my opinion, I think with Broner, he's going to have a problem inside and outside the pocket. Yeah, because, you know, Saddam Ali's problem was the lack of defense. You know, he was trying to go blow for blow with Vargas, and it didn't work out. Back to what you're saying about Gavin Reese, though. Broner, to me, and going into that fight, Lucas will tell you, because Lucas always said his defense is a problem. Even going into that fight, Lucas was, was you know, saying, hey, he might have some problems here because of his lack of defense. But he, what did he do? He got right back on the horse, even when he was getting caught on the inside, and he uh, pulled out a beautiful display of offensive power, and he got through, you know, he didn't really got, get through that fight. He dominated it. And that's what he's known for to me. That's what he should be doing. Um, He should have trouble with guys that have been in the game that are veterans like Paulie. Yeah, because he's not that good at defense. Let's face it, Broner is not as defensive sound as Mayweather. So that's my issue is is at least do something. With the the boxing game, though, you, you have to adapt. He never adapted. That was his problem. The only pro- the only thing and why he won that fight is was he 
he hit Gavin Reese and finally landed one good enough that Reese stopped moving. But if Reese continued to move, he could have won a decision victory over Bronner. The only thing is he got caught. After that, he he slowed way down, stopped moving, got scared, and then Bronner was able to pick him apart. But um, about out of time here, getting getting talked down some seconds. So I want to thank Steve Cunningham for coming on the show. Uh, Rob and Jules, pleasure as always. Join us again next week on Tough Talk, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, every Tuesday.